Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whenever it is on this fantastic day in December. I hope you are doing great. This is Robert Golden Light Transform, and this is Coffee and Christ. This is my weekly share of the daily practice that has literally transformed my life over the past several years. Sorry to be coming to you on Friday. I just totally spaced doing the pod yesterday. So for those of you looking forward to it Thursday morning, sorry about that. Um, But anyway, we are here now through God's grace. And let's jump right into the, well, before I do the verse of the day, anybody new to the podcast, again, this is totally spontaneous. Uh, My hope is that God is working through me through this podcast platform to reach more people. That's all we are called to do as followers of Christ, as apprentices to Jesus, is to reach people. We can reach them. We can't convince them. We can't can't make them or try to persuade them to take a step towards Jesus if they haven't already. We can just reach them. So if this is reaching you, then consider it um, Holy Spirit at work and you always have a choice. So, So maybe one sentence that I say today, one word that I read, um, is going to have an impact on you. So I, I just uh, request that <clears throat> if you're listening to this, you are intentional. You're not multitasking. Um, listen with intent. Be present in the moment because that's where the good stuff is. All right, let's jump right in. Verse of the day. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So good. I mean, this is a probably a famous verse. I've seen it before. But it's just such a great reminder about kind of the the plan that God has for our lives. And I'm posting this on Instagram. Those of you who know, this is totally, I am just doing what I would normally do. Um, If I was reading this any other day of the week. So if I see something that I thought, ooh, this inspires me, I'm gonna put it on my Instagram story. So if you're following me on Instagram or you want to, just just come on over and you'll see this on there. And I think this really points to um, not relying on my strength for anything. Yes, I have to take action, but it's never about me. It's never about me. It's always about following Jesus and praying and hoping and um, having faith in God's will. 100% of the time, you know, we're going through 
we're looking at, you know, our house situation here. We're blending two families. And um, it's been so interesting the way, you know, the way things are happening. And God is just leading our plans. We sure we make plans and we have desires, but then we defer to God. And it's got us on this amazing adventure that um, who knows how it's going to end up or where we are going to end up. But all that we do know is that it's going to be within God's plan. That's what we are submitting to is his plan in everything. All right, I'm going to post this on. All right, there we go. Oh, and see, Alana's well, trying to teach me how to be better on Instagram, and I always mess up <laughs> because I'm supposed to um, wake it up first. Uh, but nope, I didn't do that. Anyway, as I digress, which I do, let's get, let's keep this party, let's keep this party going. Ah, I'm so discombobulated. All right, let's get back now. Uh, and, and, you know, the part about it, this is not from ourselves. That's what I just talked about. Not by works so that no one can boast. It's a gift from God. It is a gift. I am so thankful, too. When I, when I gave my life to Christ, there was such a relief on me. And, and uh, that I've never turned back. Lana and I were talking the other day. You know, she did it early when she was young. She really didn't even know what was going on. But then she actually turned away from God and then came back. And, you know, she has a whole different experience, obviously. And the way life impacts you is totally different versus me who never, ever, ever knew God until later. Um, So it's just interesting and fascinating to, to start to understand that dynamic. But it's just great life wisdom. <clears throat> and just remember that. By grace, you've been saved. Nothing to do with you, nothing to do with me. So good. All right, let's jump into my devotional. Prayer, peace, and the sovereignty of God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Beautiful. That's from Philippians 4, 6 through 7. In life, there will always be something to worry about or things that will cause anxiety. There will never be a shortage of troubles in this world. And even though in today's passage, Paul doesn't tell the Philippians they're prohibited to care about worldly matters like providing for their families, preserving their property, or any trial they may be experiencing, they shouldn't be so overly anxious that they fall apart and become utterly consumed by their cares. Kind of what I was talking about with our whole house situation. Um, you know, it's, it's very similar. So I'm excited to read more here. Okay, so we sh- they shouldn't become utterly consumed by their cares. Why? Because a great level of anxiety implies a lack of faith and confidence in the Lord. 
and demonstrates a high degree of self-centeredness and self-absorption. Mmm. Love that. So high anxiety implies a lack of faith and confidence in the Lord. Taking a note in my journal. That's something that, boy, it is just... High anxiety implies... You know, I get the sense there's a lot of anxiety in the world. Just I get that sense. I don't have anything to back that up. But this is motivating for me. You know, high anxiety implies a lack of faith and confidence in the Lord. So it's a good way to test my faith, your faith, is what's your anxiety level right now? And that is going to be a good aha moment for me, for you. There may be any, there's some areas in your life where you're anxious. Well, that could imply, author here implies it's a lack of faith and confidence in the Lord if your anxiety is high. Really good. And then the next part, high degree of self-centeredness and self-absorption. Yes, anxiety equals self-centeredness and self-absorption. Excuse me. have to write that down too because that is powerful that might be a wee Wednesday topic high degree of self centeredness and self absorption I love it here Paul is saying that we can be free from the unbelievably heavy burden of worry and anxiety. Jesus tells us the same when he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Friends, we can experience the kind of confidence in God that frees our minds from the clutches of anxiety and develops us in such a level of dependence on Christ that his peace sweeps over us. The key to experiencing this peace and confidence is prayer. It comes by praying in faith with passion and sincerity. When we immerse ourselves in prayer instead of our cares, when we genuinely pray for and trust in God's sovereign will instead of ours, and have a sincere, thankful heart, then His Spirit can work in us to free us from worry. As we do this, as we pray in everything, He will give us a peace that goes beyond comprehension, a peace we cannot find anywhere else. And that peace will sweep over us. It will comfort our hearts and give us supernatural confidence and steadiness we never thought possible because it comes through the spirit of the one who raised Christ from the dead. So good. I am getting fired up right now reading that because I can look at my own life and that is exactly true. And the power of prayer, I think I sometimes don't really comprehend the power of prayer. So I'm going to write that down. And then, you know, let's, I'm going to start, we're going to Sabbath tonight. 
And, and that's something that I'm going to really be intentional about in this Sabbath is prayer. <clears throat> As a man who had experienced more troubles than most people can ever fathom, Paul's words carried serious weight and credibility. There's no doubt he spoke from experience, and yet, despite everything, the apostle was completely at peace. And it's a peace even he, a highly educated, logical, intelligent man who had studied the scripture his whole life, couldn't comprehend. His prayer life and connection to the Spirit gave him a confidence in God that transcended any and all circumstances. He knew beyond any doubt that God's plan is perfect and good. Boom! That's it. I so believe like Paul that God's plan is perfect and good. And I know it. I mean, I just know it. And I think I know, I know that's why I have the peace that I have in every circumstance, in every situation. Because of that, that perfect faith in God. The peace of God through Jesus guarded and guided Paul's heart. He wasn't worried because he had the peace of God, which he received through prayer. And we can have the same thing. What was Paul's prescription for worry? In his, yeah, it was to pray, right? Do some soul searching and determine what you're anxious about, then pray and trust God. Just kind of what I said earlier, right? Wherever you are anxious, that's where you just dive right in and start praying and trusting God. That is the sign for you. That's where God is showing you that you need to trust in him more than I need to trust in him more wherever that is. So I've got some praying to do for sure. And you know, for me, you know, I've been, I was corporate world and now we've got our own community that we're building, Life Transform. And people on the outside um, of that, Everything is measured by dollars. If you have a business, it's all measured by dollars. And dollars are, are needed, yes. And um, I think that's that's for me when I get some of this outside influence. They wanna, you know, they'll wanna know, well, how's, how's the company doing? I say, great, because it is. We're, we're reaching people, we're doing our thing. We're making a little money, but everybody wants to focus straight on money so that's that's what i'm gonna pray into a little bit uh, today i think that's really good all right here we go father you know my heart and all that is happening in my life i want to lay it out lay it all at your feet put it all in your hands and take the easy light yoke of jesus help me to trust in you more and more each day and to depend on you and not myself. Fill me with the peace of Christ. May your power rest in me. Excuse me. May your power rest in me in my weakness. Amen. That is so amazing. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's shift. I am in the process of reading through the Bible for the first time in my life. Woo! And it's so interesting as you're going through, as I'm going through it, I mean, I'm learning a lot. 
but I, I'm actually getting better at it as I go, meaning I'm going through it more slowly and more purposefully, I'm taking notes, I'm highlighting, I'm doing all those things. So I'm not trying to read it like I'm trying to get through it. It's more, you know, how is it serving me? How is, what is the message that I'm supposed to hear? And I'm going to go, <clears throat> so those of you who have heard me in the podcast, I read from the John Maxwell Bible, which according to John is the most powerful book he's ever written. And of course, John didn't write the Bible, but he took the Bible and he has these little anecdotal lessons that can apply to today throughout the Bible. And it's fantastic. So I'm going to read for for you from his summary, because I'm on Jeremiah 40 now. So I'm going to read through 4016, and then I'm going to go into John's comments there. All right. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebuzaradan, commander of the Imperial Guard, had released him at Ramah. Excuse me, I got to turn this down here. He had found Jeremiah bound in chains among all the captives from Jerusalem and Judah who were being carried into exile to Babylon. When the commander of the guard found Jeremiah, he said to him, The Lord your God decreed this disaster for this place, and now the Lord has brought it about. He has done just as he said he would. All this happened because you people sinned against the Lord and did not obey him. But today I am freeing you from the chains on your wrists. Come with me to Babylon if you like, and I will look after you. But if you do not want to, then don't come. Look, the whole country lies before you. Go wherever you please. However, before Jeremiah turned to go, Nebuzaradan added, Go back to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, Ahikam? the son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon has appointed over the towns of Judah and live with him among the people or go anywhere else you please. Then the commander gave him provisions and a present and let him go. So Jeremiah went to Gedaliah, son of Anakim and Mizpah and stayed with him among the people who were left behind in the land. When all the army officers and their men who were still in the open country heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, as governor of the, over the land, and put him in charge of the men, women, and children who were the poorest in the land and who had not been carried into exile to Babylon. They came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, Jonathan, Jonathan, and Jonathan, the sons of Kariah, Sariah, son of Tanhumeth, the sons of Ephi, the Neath the Neophyte, and Jehazaniah, the son of the Machathite, and their men. Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, took an oath to reassure them and their men, do not be afraid to serve the Babylonians, he said. Settle down in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will go well with you. I myself will stay at Mizpah, to represent you before the Babylonians who come to us. But you are to harvest the wine, summer fruit, and olive oil, and put them in your storage jars, and live in the towns you have taken over. <clears throat> when all the Jews in Moab 
Ammon, Adam, and the other countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant in Judah and appointed Gedaliah, son of Anakim, the son of Shaphan, as governor over them, they all came back to the land of Judah to Gedaliah and Mizpah from all the countries where they had been scattered. And they harvested an abundance of wine and summer fruit. Johanan, son of Korea, and all the army officers still in the open country came to Galiliah at Mizpah and said to him, Don't you know that Baalus, king of the Ammonites, has sent Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, to take your life? But Galiliah, son of Anakim, did not believe them. Then Johanan, son of Korea, said privately to Gedaliah and Mizpah, let me go and kill Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, and no one will know it. Why should he take your life and cause all the Jews who, get, who are gathered around you to be scattered and the remnant of Judah to perish? But Gedaliah, son of Anakim, said to Johan, son of Caria, don't do such a thing. What you are saying about Ishmael is not true. And that's where the story ends for today. Woo! Doesn't it get you excited to just find out what's going to happen next? I know it does for me. All right, let's see what John Maxwell talks about. Bad leaders refuse to hear heed warnings. History offers countless examples of leaders who fail because they refuse to heed warnings. Just before the outbreak of World War II, British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain failed to heed warnings from several parties concerning the threat posed by Adolf Hitler. Instead, Chamberlain pursued a policy of appeasement and confidently announced peace in our time. He died a year after the Nazi. He died a year after the Nazi invasion of Poland. Two leaders described in the Book of Jeremiah, King Jehoiakim of Judah and Gedaliah, governor of Judah, also failed to heed dire warnings and it cost them dearly. Jehoiakim received a scroll containing Jeremiah's prophecies of destruction. But instead of heeding them, the king burned the scroll and called for the arrest of Jeremiah and his scribe. The result, divine judgment on him and his family. Gedaliah, appointed governor of Judah by the Babylonian king, failed to heed a warning of his impending assassination. He learned of the plot, who was involved, and what could be done to prevent it. But instead of taking the advice offered him, he chose to ignore the threat, and an assassin soon took his life. Woo, so that is what's coming up. A good leader knows when to heed warnings and advice. God has given us his word, his spirit, and one another to keep us on the right track. Wise leaders carefully consider the words of all three. And I think that is the important point here, is who is in your inner circle? Who's in your crew? You know, who do you trust? Are they wise? Are they followers of Jesus too? And are you listening? Are you discerning what they're saying? I've been studying discernment a lot lately. And it isn't, you know, I think people think of discernment and it's the logical, you know, it's a logical mind that you have to think through logically. Okay, is this someone I should trust? And but a lot of it is feeling and that and getting in touch with their spirit and what kind of vibe are they throwing off and non-verbals and everything. So discernment, I think, is something that um, it's really powerful. Um, and you have to be open to what's happening around you and, and 
the warning signs you're getting, it could be subtle warning signs that, you know, you have a plan to, to do something and uh, something derails the plan out of your control. Hmm. Well, maybe that was from God because he didn't want you to go that way. Or maybe it wasn't. But to the level that you can discern those things is, is the key. But so be on the lookout for warnings here. And, you know, Jeremiah did so many good things um, through this process. And now we, we run into Gedaliah and who was, who was operating in a good way, but he just, um, he, he failed to heed the warnings. So just be careful. That's the key and follow Jesus, follow God. Oh my goodness. What a beautiful, beautiful uh, reading today. Couple of readings, I loved it. Hopefully you got something out of it. Sorry, I ran a little bit long, but this was really rich. So have these words sink in today. It will for me, I know, do some praying. Pray wherever that anxiety is and give it to God. And until next time, have a great rest of your morning, afternoon, evening. We'll see you again Monday with Chasing Freedom, Momentum Monday, and again back next Thursday for Coffee and Christ. Follow us on all the social platforms. Jump on our email list at life-transform.com. Do amazing emails six days a week, short video emails mostly. Um, but yeah, get in touch. We've got a community that we're building, lifetransform.podia.com, all those things. So until next time, we'll see you later.